0: Have you ever wondered how a company is able to offer unlimited time off or be a pet friendly office? Curious how HR leaders manage the well being of remote or essential workforces? If so, you've come to the right place. Hi, I'm Andrea Heron, Head of People for WebMD Health Services, and I'd like to welcome you to the HR Scoop. On this podcast, I talk with other HR leaders to explore the world of unique employee benefits and about the challenges of managing unique workforces, because well-being isn't a one-size-fits-all approach. Welcome back to the podcast, everyone. Today, we are very fortunate to have with us Rick Fortier, Wellness Program Coordinator with L.L. Bean. Welcome, Rick.
1: Thanks, Andrea. Thank you for having me here
0: yeah I think most all of us have heard of LL Bean, so it'll be great to hear a little bit about your perspective from the the wellness space.
1: Yeah, sounds good. We'll talk a little bit uh, more than just about you know our comfy slippers and and amazing boots, right?
0: Absolutely, but those yeah. are important too, yes, especially <laughs> in the past year. we've all been wearing comfy clothes for sure exactly um, so well before we get into it, I would love if you could walk us through kind of your career journey and how you ended up there at ll bean
1: yeah, sure um, i don't I don't know how far back I go with this, but I, I think I'll start with uh, where my passion to impact people through wellness and well-being started, you know, as, as a child, uh, some of the most amazing people in my life uh, that I was really close to, I lost due to preventable disease, things that could have been prevented, and went through a process of not just, not just losing them, but watching them um, lose the ability to do the things that they love doing in life, and caring about somebody and, and not being able to see them really fulfill all these things that that, that they, these passions that they have in their life really impacted me. And so I, I kind of grew up wanting to be able to support people through a path that would help them avoid preventable disease and be able to, to, to live fully and to be around for people they cared for and, and do the things that they love doing and hopefully do it for a longer period of time. And so that translated to a friend of mine, letting me know that a, a, a college Nearby was offering community health education. And so that was the major I went for. Uh, we were having a great conversation about where I thought I'd take that health career. And he's like, What if you could prevent? What if you could help prevent these things from happening? And I was like, That sounds great. You know, how do I do that? And he's like, Well, I'm going to college here for this major. And that was it. I, you know, got my bachelor's in community health education, primarily worked in nonprofits. Uh, for most of my career, and about six years ago, um, wanted to switch gears and do something different and something, you know, challenging, but in a different way, and so uh, one of the locations I applied for was L.L. Bean, because I knew they had a great reputation for um, caring for their employees and this really great well-being program, and it it was actually my wife who discovered it. She came home, and she knew me, and she knew what I, you know, what I was interested in, and she said, I think I found your new job. And <laughs> I applied. Uh, I met the most amazing group of people I think I've ever met with the biggest hearts in terms of when it comes to really caring about the employees at Bean and wanting to provide them the best resources to care for themselves. And I was fortunate enough that, you know, they want to be to be a part of the team. And I've been doing this work for six amazing years now and still loving it.
0: Awesome. Another example of how our spouses and partners sometimes know what's best or at least what <laughs> might right. be a really great fit. Um, yeah. And I i mean, I don't love that you had to go through the heartache, but i I love this story because a lot of times you know, heartbreak or hardship can be our greatest motivator to make change in the world through our work and advocacy. So it sounds like you were able to combine those and really make a difference.
1: Yeah, absolutely.
0: Yeah. So speaking of L.L. Bean, you know, it seems as though there's a strong internal culture, maybe physical activity and emphasis on outdoor activity, but I'm wondering in your six years there, you know, how has the culture of wellness evolved over time and where are y'all at right now?
1: Yeah, thanks for asking. So that's a really good story too. Um, I I think the evolution started, you know, all the way back with LL himself um, and just having a really great understanding of community and that people matter. And that shared love of the outdoors, you know, it's why he would encourage the employees to provide, you know, advice on the best fishing areas and, and, uh and, and different, you know, tips on, on being in the outdoors, even if somebody wasn't, you know, buying anything from the store. And that translated, you know, into Leon Gorman, you know, his grandchild who eventually became our president and chairman of the board started back in probably 19, actually 1982 where uh, he really wanted to support the well-being for employees. And at a well-being conference, he was quoted as saying, a business is in a unique and responsible position to effectively enhance the well-being of his employees. And I love that he put that responsible word in there. He knew that he had this community of people and that they were coming to this place, you know, to, to support this shared love of the outdoors, and that uh, it was important to him to make sure that they were well taken care of. And that was, you know, that was back in 1982 before well-being um, sort of became a niche or um, something I think that was utilized for employment, you know, to attract people or as a way to to retain employees. It was really, really, you know, for him about caring. And I think one of the, you know, one of the first things I heard when I came on board here um, was that that motto of people matter. Um, And I, I think that really translated down from. Leon and his passion for for caring for employees. Um, But we started in 1982 with a a handful of fitness centers, and that started to evolve into well-being programming, smoke-free campuses and policies, uh, environmental changes to provide healthier foods. And now we're at a place where we're providing, prior to COVID, you know, uh, we had on-site Fitness classes and uh, nutrition and well-being classes, tobacco cessation. Uh, we're now doing um, more virtual classes for all of those topics and support weight management, and then also providing an annual well-being program. You know, it utilizes WebMD's resources um, where people get to understand what their health risks are and doing an annual screening, and you know, participating in a program that help walks that helps walk them through the process of uh, behavior change and supporting their well-being from managing chronic disease to, you know, being a fairly healthy person and just wanting to maintain.
0: So what are some of the key ways that you all are able to maintain that strong internal culture aside from, you know, it's just a legacy at this point, but in the day to day, you know, how do you approach that culture of caring? It sounds like and to really see the benefit to the employee, but also the company.
1: You know, I think it goes back to that motto of, of people matter and realizing that you are a part of this culture. You're not outside of it. You're not separate from it, bringing something into it. So it's, it's important to know the communities that are within that culture and, and know how they're, you know, outside of work lives as well as their, their work lives impact them. Whether it's knowing how, you know, home life or work life supports their well-being and, and maybe what challenges that those two environments bring to them meeting their well-being goals. And then understanding, you know, which of those needs and those passions are most important to them and, and delivering it. I know we focus on three key fundamentals and we, we talk about culture, environment and programs. And so you you have to know the culture. You have to know the environment that culture's in and how it impacts them. And, you know, you have to use those various ways of, of getting information, whether it's qualitative or quantitative, to know, okay, well, what are, the, what are the programs? What are the resources that we need to provide to them to best support their needs? And, and how do you do it? I think the biggest thing is um, how do you do it in an authentic way? You mentioned checking the box. And, uh, you know, that's a personal pet peeve for me, and I think it's the same for everybody on our team. When it comes to well-being, um, you don't want to just do it for the sake of doing it. You know, you don't want just a banner. You you want something meaningful that, you know, the, the, the community that you're working with is passionate about and helps them meet those needs in a fun and engaging way um, where they can feel good about the changes that they're making through that And that there's some authentic way for you to share that with them. You know, for us, it's it's easier with those employees that are around us here in Maine, but, you know, uh, through leadership and through connections that we have with our stores out of state and, you know, call centers, it's really important that we outreach and and share those successes with them as well.
0: Yeah, it's a good point, because like many other businesses, you do have a diversity of job profile and job location. So I'm assuming what's in your retail store is probably different than your headquarters, which might be different than your call center, and then layer on top of that in different states and different communities and different groups of people. So... It just reiterates that wellness is not one size fits all, (laughs) as we say here. And um, yeah, I'm curious how over the past year plus now, um, how did you outreach to specifically those retail places or as everyone went remote, you know, how did you all navigate that?
1: Yeah. So that was outreaching to specifically, you know, retail locations for us in terms of providing well-being resources and support was both a a a challenging task but what we learned from it and how we approached it i think was a really beneficial process and and one that we celebrate now i think the first was realizing that you know what you might consider physical health needs might not have been the most important Uh, support we needed to provide. So one of the first things L. Bean did was, uh, provide pandemic pay. You know, we, we provided a way for them, you know, while things were, were shut down, um, or slowed down to still have the financial support that they needed to live life and to be able to take care of themselves. That came first and foremost. So I, I think that was not only the, the most important thing to do, but I think it was, it was, the most caring thing to do to realize this is a priority. You know, without this, it's gonna be really difficult to take care of yourself in, in the other ways that you need to. So we approached the the pandemic and financial, pandemic pay and financial support first. And then we started utilizing new and different ways to communicate our resources to them. So we have stream, which is video access that we can provide to retail outlets. Uh we provided online fitness classes and, and nutrition classes. I think another thing that we've primarily focused on that was really important was um mental and emotional well being. That was really key. I should have said that secondary to the pandemic pay. I think we realized uh really quickly that change is hard. Uh and uh add to that that not only was everything changing drastically for people, it was being done in a in a in the context of social isolation for a lot of people and so that needed to be addressed as well and so um, thanks to our already existing strong ties with eap resources we were able to quickly provide mindfulness and emotional well-being um, and social supports typically we have a, a yammer application here that we use for our internal social communications Stores at the time utilized a, a different set of communications, but Yammer was opened up to all of the retail locations so that they could engage socially with all other employees here at Elbean and allow us to be able to promote through Yammer some of our well-being resources. And then again, uh, just uh, being able to communicate, you know, and, and provide our classes through new media to do the classes live, Um Participants could do it from home. Employees could do it from home with their family members. That was the best part. Um, you know, to jump into some of these classes and see children and spouses and partners participating in, you know, these fitness and well-being classes that maybe they wouldn't have before was really fun. And it, 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 it made you feel good to see that. It was, it was bringing everything back to that sense of community and culture that we have of, you know, we've got this great thing, so let's share it. And so it, it provided employees the, the opportunity to um, share those those resources with others.
0: That's really awesome. Did yeah. you see a pretty high utilization rate of the online classes? Were people doing it?
1: Um, yeah, yeah, we definitely did. I, off the top of my head, I couldn't tell you participation rates, but we, you know, there's definitely those... Classes that were popular when they were in person were just as popular when we were doing them virtually. And I, what I found interesting was the most popular classes also tended to be the ones that met very specific needs. So, you know, we might have an instructor who is a very social person, was very talkative during the classes and connected really well with participants. You know, when we went online, that was popular because it was, it was a more personal class, uh, more social the uh classes that were more geared towards mindfulness and uh meditation like yoga also had good participation. And I think because people realized they needed that time to just sort of step away and and take care of, you know, the other parts of their well being that took care of the physical but also the 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 emotional as well. So it that was um that was a fun evolution to see. Um and to see that they're still utilizing it now and that we're we're using that as a springboard to, to see how can we continue to outreach the most meaningful programs to, to those areas.
0: That's great. And yeah. I'm glad people were participating. And certainly if, if they were getting more than just the physical workout, that's a bonus. And I found, and I think this is probably pretty common, that even if you offer something and people don't actively log in or participate, they like that you offered it. And so there's even a side benefit, say my company's offering these things, even if I'm not interested in it, they're trying, they're putting it out there, they're creating ways for people to connect. And I've noticed, and it's well documented in the research, that both loneliness and financial stress have huge implications on physical and mental health and well-being. So, you know, your your two points about the pandemic pay and then the social and emotional support are spot on because if people are lonely and super stressed out about their finances, you can't give your best to your job. You can't give your best to your family. You, you really can't get out of that negative spin if you're lonely and really stressed if you could pay your bills or put food on the table.
1: Right. Absolutely. And I think one of the one of the unexpected benefits of that approach that came out of the pandemic was these retail locations that saw this outreach for well-being and this, this caring for quality of life and making sure that they have what they needed um, to continue to, to live life, live it well, take care of themselves. They actually started creating their own wellness groups by district and started pulling together and providing their own tailored resources based on what was new and and meaningful to them. Um, So it's this great offspring of, you know, what was a really difficult time. So I'm excited to see where that goes.
0: Yeah, that's a great reminder that, you know, not every company can do pandemic pay or can facilitate at the level that y'all are able to, but, you know, every company can create the space and the opportunity for their people to connect and make it what they want it to be, which a lot of times is where most of the success lies anyway, because it's meeting people where they are and with what they want. Um, So I think no matter what size of company or how robust or not your know offerings are even creating space time and encouraging people to rally for their needs to get together to put something on the calendar that seems fun and they look forward to has a huge benefit
1: absolutely Um, as you were saying that I my one thought was um, you know regardless of the resources you have you can always show people you care there's you know there's always a way to show them that you're there for them you know through whatever circumstances, and uh, and, and you know, it's funny is um, just in talking to other people, you know, uh, about workplace wellness is sometimes others, you know, may not know where to go. Other companies may not know where to go. I think it's important to say it's okay to ask, you know, if you want to show that you care but you don't know how, or you want to support well being and you don't know how, you know, ask ask your employees what their need is at that moment, um, how you can best support them, and um, find out what you can provide within. You know, the context of the resources you have.
0: Right. It could be totally different than what you were imagining. It could be easier or more simplistic, even.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely.
0: Well, I am curious you know, you've been in this industry for a while, you've been there for six years, but just over time, you know, have you seen any interesting trends, either? pro or con, uh, any trends in kind of just the wellness and benefits space in retail or, you know, stores or call centers specifically, because I feel like that's a harder group to reach just because they don't get specific times to where they can be off, right? If they're on the floor or they're at the cash register, they're busy. So has there been anything that's really worked over time or alternately not worked?
1: Yeah, so I, you know, I think that's where asking, right, comes in and getting to know, uh, that, that particular part of your community. So, uh, pre-COVID, I'll start there, um, using our call centers as a great example is, you know, realizing that they don't get a lot of time necessarily to step away we started a a program within the call center um, that we called CHOGA, which was chair yoga. Um, And there were set times where um, employees could step aside, sort of in rotation, so that there were still, you know, some some people on the phones providing support and resources for our customers, um, but others could step away and do a five-minute chair yoga session. And, uh, you know, and then we also had walking breaks. Um, It's very common in different buildings to see stretch breaks throughout the day. So it's those little wins, I think, sometimes that make a big difference and keep well-being top of mind. So I I think that was part of the trend is people learning to capture well-being where they could in small doses if you needed to. I think the other trend is um, the increased focus on mental and emotional well-being. I think a lot of times when we say well-being, People were focused on, you know, physical well-being, eating well, um, staying active, watching your cholesterol and blood sugar. But um, I think in recent years, for us, which was really fortunate that we were starting down that road prior to the, the pandemic, was recognizing, as you said, you know, if, if there's a financial need that's bigger – you know, or somehow impacting your your physical well-being need, you need to address that first. And I think we're starting our employees and, and our retail populations also realizing that that's important as well. You know, I have to take care of my mental and emotional well-being. Um, it's important that I have really strong, healthy social relationships and that we're in this space now where we're able to provide resources to guide them through that.
0: Those are some great tips. And I agree with you that it doesn't have to be an hour class or a 45 minute webinar or this, that, and the other. That's really time consuming. It can be a stretch break or walking on your break or encouraging that or having some kind of incentive. Even I know in some of our meetings, occasionally we'll do wall sits and, you know, It's a love-hate relationship. (laughs) I was going to say, how do
1: you like the wall sets? Yeah.
0: I don't love them, but I know they're good (laughs) for me. Um, So, I mean, it can be whatever is fun and different and keeps people interested. And like you said, top of mind that this isn't a once a year open enrollment. We're going to talk about your benefits and your well-being, but it is an everyday thing because you're a human person every day. Spoiler alert, you know, we have to (laughs) do this every day. So we should make it um, interesting and fun and take care of ourselves every day. So before we let you go, I just have to ask you the one thing that we ask all of our guests here, which is to tell us something that we may not know about you.
1: Oh, my goodness. And I feel like that was probably the one thing I didn't think about or prepare for for this. And I probably should have. So one of my before I was in full blown wellness trying to make ends meet before I got my first uh, well you know, well-being coordinator job years and years ago, I worked at a, what they called at the time, a theater bar where you could, uh, you could go and eat, um, but there were like these little mini shows. Um, So there's like either a comedy skit or um, like a dance show. And that was like, it was sort of really fun and entertaining. It was short lived only because I found, you know, my, my, my job in well wellness and and put my focus there. Um, but that was fun. And I think the, maybe something else quirky and fun is, um, I was not a lover of long distance running when I was younger and two years ago. Now I ran my first half marathon. I was nice. Yeah. in high school, I was a sprinter, you know, shortest distance from point A to point B. And again, my wife encouraged me to do a half marathon and, um, I did it and I, I actually really, really enjoyed it.
0: Awesome. Well, all the laughter and social interaction from the job and the running is physical. So check, check, mental and there, you physical health. <laughs> there you go. There you go. Yeah, I mean, the thought of even going to a show and being around people and listening to live music or dance or comedy just sounds like the most amazing thing I can even think of right now. So I cannot wait (laughs) to um, do those things again.
1: Exactly. Me too.
0: Awesome. Well, thank you again for joining us today. I think a lot of this will be really resonant and helpful to our audience. So we appreciate your time and sharing all of your knowledge with us today.
1: Excellent. Thank you so much for the time as well. I appreciate it.
0: Thank you for listening to the HR Scoop podcast. Please take a moment to rate and subscribe on Spotify, Apple, Google, or directly at webmdhealthservices.com slash podcasts.